Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool You hear that, Todd? I am listening. It sounds relaxing. You hear that? It sounds really relaxing. Do you know what noise that is? Mm, gosh. Uh, it could be that idea that I had last week that's coming back. Todd, those are waves crashing on a beach. Those are waves crashing on a sun-drenched beach where I was about a week ago, and that's why I wasn't here with you last week. I was in the Bahamas on a lovely little uh, wedding trip, so now I'm back. Did you miss me? I did miss you. Last time I heard waves, uh, I think my mom had a perm back in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it's good to have Peter back. Uh, those of you that are looking for her ice last week, we do apologize for the uh, the absent, the hiatus. Just we had no Peter and uh, a squirtacular in the middle there, so we were we were not available to get the podcast. So we're excited to get back here for episode number eleven. Whoop and, uh, whoop. Uh, we're a podcast that talks about Minnesota girls high school hockey, about players, games, stories. Uh, and sometimes we talk about things that don't have nothing to do with hockey whatsoever. Today we're pretty drenched with a hockey conversation, so if you're looking for non-hockey, you probably should probably pause right here and go to a different podcast. So in the meantime, in cold and girls high school hockey. Yeah, this high school hockey podcast is going to be brought to you by MAP as we are live in Studio 1A of the YHH home in Bloomington, the ice-cold tundra of Bloomington <laughs> as well as the entire upper Midwest. But uh, MAP is a place where it's not cold. Uh, when you want training, you want to get to that up. next level, definitely don't go there if you're looking to get cold because they are going to bring you up to where you need to be. Um, the Extra Edge, off-site training, uh, opportunities, whether you're a Pee Wee, Bantam, Squirt, High School, uh, even if you're that uh, beer league uh, third liner, hey, that's a good spot to work on your edges. <laughs> so um, so visit uh, map.hockey for more information. Hey, uh, speaking of maps, did you know that the Bahamas is just off the southeastern coast of Florida? I did not know did that. Did you know I was there last week? No, I didn't hear. I, <laughs> I heard there was a rumor about that. That and some guy that I know that went to Canada I heard about for a week. But anyway, about that, uh, places we're going is we're actually going to head over to the uh, the ranking recap, which we like to do Yeet. every single week. Some teams were moving up and down, and some, they stayed stationary. They didn't go anyplace. So, Pita, what's going on with the ranks? I'm going to hit you. You know, I did these rankings uh, right after I got off the plane, because you know I was in the Bahamas last week. Right. Yeah. Sure. But, and I was uh, maybe not shocked, but maybe a touch surprised that Maple Grove hands Hill Murray a five-two loss. Maple Grove, one of those teams, has been kind of lurking just outside the top ten, but Maple Grove back into the top ten at number nine with a win over the Pioneers. And as to be expected, a log jam of Lake Conference teams in the middle. Edina at number four, Wyzetta at number five, Eden Prairie at number six. Just how the Lake Conference likes it. Uh, Brainerd Little Falls dropping to number ten after losing twice in its la in its last three games, including a loss to unranked and never close to being ranked Buffalo by a score of two to nothing. On January 26th, uh, in Class A, Rochester Lourdes bumps up to number eight after beating East Grand Forks. And maybe more impressive than beating East Grand Forks, the Eagles give number one Warroad one of its toughest games of the season. The Warriors need two goals from Hannah Cornelison after the Eagles go up one and nothing. The Warriors take a 2-1 win. Tough game for the Warriors. The Eagles will be someone to be reckoned with. 
come playoff time. It's kind of interesting how Lourdes, and I think one of the most uh, not amazing things is obviously going up there and taking down East Grand Forks and then hanging with the Warriors, but that late of a season where you get the old two-game, you know, travel. Swing. Usually it's a swing right before you hit conference games, division games, before the Christmas break. So it's kind of interesting how they had that late season hiatus. So, or uh, I don't know if it's hiatus. That's not the right term. But anyway, um, but yeah, so, but Lourdes is on the way up. They're getting back there. They're going to be a a definitely a uh, threat when it comes down to the section time. So um, as they are in section, is it section one? Yeah, section 1A. So, <clears throat> Definitely going to be competing for that spot. So as Peter talked about, uh, one of the big games that we talked about, even in the rankings, was uh, two of those big games, three of the big games we thought from last week. Uh, even though we had a two-week hiatus, we're going to really focus on since last week because I think two weeks ago Peter probably forgot everything because he had too much sun because <laughs> I guess he was out of the country or at least outside the, weird. the lower 48. It's so weird. he was um, not in, in contention for any kind of hockey talk. But um, – but Maple Grove, like he said before, with a big uh, 5-2 victory over Hill, uh, Hill Murray uh, last Thursday, uh, and the big one in that one would be Tristan. Tristan? Tristan. Trist- yep, Taylor with the, with the hat trick, that one. So that's good. And the great thing about Maple Grove is they have more than just a couple guns uh, with that team, so they're definitely pushing through and, and doing big things. Uh, another game that was a big one that he spoke about for was Lourdes uh, going up to their weekend up in the northwest part of the state uh, and dropping one uh, – uh, winning Friday, but then losing to Warriors 2-1. And that one, again, was that was Corneliusen, who was all over the place and winning that key, kind of about halfway through the period when she got that game winner. But that's what HC has done all season long. She has been either scoring goals or getting that key goal to either put them up, put them over, or put them in the clinching spot where this was the closest game I think they've had all season long. It was, and one point to make about Rochester Lourdes. So the Eagles have eight losses on the season. Six of those have been by a single goal, mm. and the other two have been by two goals. Talk about closeness, huh? Talk about closeness. Bus legs or no bus legs. Doesn't make Eagles a difference. Eagles are going to keep it close. No, they're going to keep it close. You know, in, in that in that section one, really, uh, some of the com- the competitors in that team, there's really, besides Faribault, probably maybe Red Wing will come up late, but there's really nobody in that, that section that's going to kind of give the Lourdes any kind of any fight. So I don't no. want to say it's theirs to take, but if they p- keep playing the way they're playing right now, and obviously playing against the world is going to obviously get you ready for that. So. I would say it's theirs to take. It looks like they'll be the top seed in that section. Should Red be. Wing dominated yeah. for so long, but you know Taylor Heisey graduates, and they only have to win two games. It appears because of it, it's a, a smaller section. So right, but that's why we play the games. We can't just assume that it's all theirs, and they can just you know what happens when right you off. assume. Yep, it, you're wrong. It uh, it uh, I scratch my ankles. Um, all right, we're going to move on to our next segment here, which is talking about the players of the week. Uh, the beauty thing about players of the week is sometimes we talk about players which everybody says, yep, 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 yep. But we find sometimes gals out there in the state of Minnesota that nobody knows a dang thing about. And this is one of them. Her name is Kylie. Hope I say her last name, Kylie. Pachel, P-A-C-H-E-L. She is the goalie, senior goalie for Park Rapids. Now, Park Rapids is not having a great season when it comes to hockey. But sometimes, you know, it's not so much the wins that makes a difference, but it's the camaraderie that the gals have, the memories that these seniors and juniors are having this year. But the reason I want to talk about Miss Pichelle is because I think she's probably the hardest working goalie in the state of Minnesota. Has to be. Here's why. So what got my attention was a couple weeks ago, she had a, a game where she 
her team lost 6 nothing to East Grand Forks. No big deal. They lost. When I look at the saves, she had 72 saves. So she stopped. She couldn't stop six, but she stopped 72. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. i got to look at this a little longer. So I researched a little bit more. Game before that, they lost only 3 to nothing. And that one, she made 69 saves. I'm like, hold on. i got to do even more research. So here's what I got. She basically is averaging... 44 saves a game. Now, that's not shots on goal. That's saves that she's making, Peter. And then doing the research, this is what she's done on the yearly basis. She's got four games where she has at least 50-plus saves. She has two games where she has at least 60-plus saves. And she's got that 170-plus save that she did against East Carolina Fork. So, Kylie, I have kudos and a mitt bump to you for being one of the best outstanding goalies that nobody's heard about in this entire state of Minnesota. And statistically, her save percentage is about 86 right now. That's not that bad, considering you're playing for a winless team. Maybe not a ton of help in front of you, but you look at some of these other save percentages for goalies who have a lot more to work with on the uh, defensive and offensive side of the puck, and they're hovering around 8-8, 8-7. I mean, it, I, we could only imagine what uh, what Kylie's record and what her stats would look like if she played on a team that – Oh, uh, could win a game. Hands down. And then even compare the two as we were in our pre-production getting ready for this. So we took the 69 save game and the 72 save game, put them together. She had a 94% save average. She gave up nine goals in two games, which people go like, big deal. She doesn't, not great, but she saved 94% of the pucks, folks. She's doing all she can. So now you've heard about Kylie Pichel out of Park Rapids. Hashtag analysis. Yes. Another guy I want to talk to you about, and sometimes we, we overanalyze things, but that one I definitely want to get you love, <laughs> is the Bowling Gals out of Northfield. Now, that's Boland, B-O-L-A-N-D. Um, Boland, Boland, they are Boland. blowing up this year with Northfield. Is that part of the 507 hockey that we've talked about earlier in the season, but they're coming back a little bit as we're getting closer sections? reason I bring those gals up is because they played on uh, last Thursday against Mayo. They defeated Mayo 11-0 which Mayo is a little on the lesser side of the big nine. Ten, Seven uh, goals in the third period. Yep. But uh, the reason we bring them up is because Kate had a four-and-four four game, so she had a four-goal, four-assist game, and, and she's a uh, senior who is going to be going to Bemidji next year. And Jessica, her younger sister, who is a sophomore who is committed to Minnesota State, but I call it Mankato, uh, she had a goal and three assists, the old assist trick. So in the Bolin household, in an 11-0 victory, they had five goals and seven assists as a, as just a sister tandem. So uh, I'm pretty sure they're probably on the same line, and they are just obviously <laughs> ripping up things for the Raiders down there in the 507. Well, that, that sister tandem is combined for 90 points this season. Did you just hear that? 90. That was my mind blowing. That's 90 points. And how I mean seriously, when you look at the stats on the side, how cool is it that you get to play with your sibling? Yeah, no I kidding. Mean, that's a great thing and about succeed with your sibling. Oh my gosh, like yeah! This. You played football. You're like, oh yeah, I, I'm. Oh no, my my brother is a lineman, and I am a running back, or I play basketball. So yeah, some basketball you get to play with a sibling on the same line if you can. There's only <laughs> five at a time. But seriously, if you're playing hockey, you're playing with a sibling. Look at those memories that you're you're building up there. So so kudos to uh, the bowling gals. Uh, one more gal I want to bring up to your attention. We've talked about her before. Is Miss Peyton Hemp with the. Uh, unbelievably and third-ranked uh, Andover Huskies. Uh, and the reason that she is uh, brought up to the forefront is because last week she had two uh, great games. Uh, 
the Andover Huskies won uh, two games. They actually shut out uh, Blaine five nothing and Tatino Grace five nothing. But in those two games, uh, Miss Hemp had five goals and three assists total, uh, getting a hat trick in the Tatino Grace game. So uh, Hemp is obviously blowing things up. And I think the big thing to actually mention with Miss Hemp is loaded as that Husky team is, she is exploding right now. Uh, sophomore, correct? Sophomore, correct. Sophomore, correct. And look in her stats. So of in the last four games, she's got at least three points. And four of her last six games, she has four points. So Miss Hemp is definitely uh, one of the key components as the Huskies go closer and closer to section time. Uh, Peyton really building on a strong freshman season. The Minnesota commit, she has 50 points uh, with two games to go in the regular season. Last year, she certainly made her presence felt as a freshman with 50 total points as the Andover Huskies went to state. So she's building, building, building. Let's uh, let's see if she can keep it going. Maybe she'll hit 60. I would say probably. She has a very good opportunity um, with the schedule they've got. Hopefully, you know, it depends on uh, the rescheduling. And I think most teams have got one more game besides the postponement from all the games yesterday. So uh, one of those teams that uh, did get a game postponed last night, but they are a squad that basically is on the outside. Uh, they have been talked about before, but they're kind of knocking on the door and says, hello, remember us? We're super good. And uh, you guys are kind of forgetting about us, is the Maple Grove Crimson uh, Gals team. Uh, they are on a fire right now. Uh, one of the big reasons why they are on fire right now is because of a two main key components, as they are right now have a record of 15-6-1. and one. Uh, uh, Their leading goal scorer is Manon McManon. Miss Hockey Kid. <coughs> Tease. Leading the team in points with 37 and goals with 17. So she is one of the gals, and she had a great game uh, against their big rival against uh, a Blaine. She had a great game, and then also she had a four, a Texas hat trick on Saturday against Irondale. So uh, she is getting, she's ramping up as we're getting closer to the sections. The other reason why Maple Grove is where they're at, and we should remember who they are, is because their goaltending, uh, Lucy Morgan, is one of the key, if not one of the better uh, goalies, probably in the Metro for sure. I would say in the state. I'd say All senior, over the state. We'll say the state. Senior uh, Coley. She has got 15 wins on the season. She has six shutouts. And probably the one more telling stats that I was impressed with is of the last four games, this is why MG is so hot right now, they have shut out the team, their opponents, three of the last four games. And the one game that did not shoot, they shut out, she shut down the She Pioneers in that 5-2 win uh, not sure if it's an upset yet or it's just a great victory over uh, At the time, I would call it an upset. At the time, it was so, But now it's kind of like now they've kind of thumped their chest a little bit and says, watch out. The Crimson are in the house. So uh, pay attention because uh, MG is back in the mix. And you put them back up in the top ten. So another reason to say hello. The we're Crimson, here. one of those teams that's been hovering around the top ten. Top All 15 year. for sure. Uh, top, they, they've been 15 top for sure. 15 for sure. But here's that we don't do top 15s because then you open up uh, a massive can of worms. And then We're top 20 for sure. We're top 50. Okay, great. I mean, you just you start plucking teams and placing them into rankings just to extend the ranks. Another team that's very quietly uh, gone 16 and 7, the Breck Mustangs. And we say quietly not because they've been slighted in any way. They're ranked number two in Class A, but they're Always number two. They always. are always a given at number two behind Warroad. They they never get a special mention in the rankings recaps because they frankly haven't moved in like six weeks. Are they a bridesmaid then? 
<laughs> well, last year they were the bride, Breck taking out Warroad in last year's state championship. True, but true. The White Mustangs, they, they don't have the 23-0 and record that the Warriors do, but they've also played one of the toughest schedules in the state, whether it's Class A or Class AA. They've taken on uh, Edina, uh, Brainerd Little Falls, Blake, Andover, Blake again. This team is not shying away from competition, and they haven't uh, maybe properly been shouted out recently shout out shout out and then uh, obviously one of the key the key cogs for breck is uh uh their quinnipiac commit olivia mobley uh she's leading the team with everything 24 goals 26 assists and 50 points to lead that squad so uh she is one of the mustangs go-to gal when it comes to uh battle focus they've got the two-headed monster with uh frat zick and cornelia and net so breck maybe they won't be number two anymore this year we have to wait and see if they do leapfrog Warroad, it will only come with a Warroad loss, and that might not be until the state championship game. Mm, tease? It's going to be it. Mm, mm, possibly. That's a major tease. That's a major tease. Hey, one more squad we want to bring back to your mention. We actually haven't talked about them before, but they are quietly getting back into the mix. It is one of our, I don't know if they're a friend yet, because we haven't talked about it much, but hopefully they'll reach out to us at uh, Youth Hockey Hub at, uh, at Gmail, is Marshall. Now, I'm not talking about <laughs> Duluth Marshall. No, Rochester John Marshall. No, what? We are Marshall. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> the Tigers of Marshall are, uh, are are playing extremely well as of late. Let's talk about them real quick. So they're in Section Three A. Uh, they have a record right now of sixteen five and three. The Big South. Their leading scorer is Miss Sydney Mock, who has got thirty four goals and forty eight points to lead. Uh, the Tigers in scoring. Uh, in their last eight games, they are 6-1-1. One, and one. So another reason why uh, they're playing well. And actually, and, and I've tried to say this once or twice, not only does Breck have that two-headed monster in the net, but uh, Marshall's in that same boat. So they've got two good goalies. They have Alexis Moat, who is 7-0-0, so kudos to her. She's got one shout-out. And the other goalie is Emma uh, Klen. Ken, hope I'm saying that right. Clen Ken. Clen Ken. Um, she is nine five and three, and she has got three shutouts this year. So uh, again, I love having two goalies because you can go either way. One goalie can get a night off, and then you know that the other goalie is going to be in there and taking over and helping things out. Maple Grove, for example, they have Lucy Morgan. Guess what? Every minute, every crimson moment, she has been there, which is great. And high school. Works sometimes in the col- in the college and professionals, but high school, it's nice to have that two-headed person which you can go to if you need to uh, win a ball game or just give your starter, if you would, who gets like maybe, what, two-thirds of the starts? Give him a, a little bit of a rest. A two-headed goalie monster is a fabulous segue, mm, Todd. I love into segues. upcoming games that everyone should circle on their calendars. Circle it up. You mentioned Lucy Morgan, the stalwart between the pipes for the Maple Grove Crimson. She's played about 1,200 minutes in goal this year. Quite honestly, she did the same thing last year. She played every minute. She's been outstanding for the Crimson going up against Breck, who rotate their own two-headed monster in Ali Francic and Uma Corneo. Who do you think starts? For Breck in oh, this one. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to lean toward uh, I mean, Uma. I think they're going to go with a hot hand. She's been, I think, playing really well. I, obviously, both are playing well, but I'm kind of leaning toward Uma a little bit because I think they want to kind of give her that, that opportunity for the pressure game since he, since uh, Fratzik is a senior, I believe. Mm-hmm. So giving Uma that big game experience is going to help them not only this year but obviously down the road since Uma's only an eighth grader. We Uma's forget about only eighth grader. That's it. <laughs> but uh, but I say Uma's in that. But 
as much as I want to go with him, I'm, I, I think I'm going to go with MG in the victory. This is his home. This is at the Maple Grove Ice Center. I think the Crimson are going to win this game. I would, I would also take the Crimson last year. Maple Grove uh, beat Breck twice. I would throw out that Ali Francic played in the first game. Uma Cornea played in the second. Uh, Francic allowed less goals. She allowed just the one and a one nothing loss, but Uma Cornea made 34 saves on 39 shots in the second meeting between the teams. I have no idea who they're going to go with in goal, but I would also take the Crimson. Okay, we'll jot that down. Hey, another big game is coming up this week. Now, actually, this week, a lot of these games are going to be going on Thursday, barring cancellations. I was going to say, some of these moments. days might be. Yeah, there's some goofers. I was looking on up. the old Twitter machine, and I saw that some districts already have canceled school for Thursday. So, Because uh, I know the wind chill is going to be dynamically low again in the morning. <laughs> but uh, a, the, a game you definitely circle your calendar, and this is going to be a wide change special, folks is uh, the Warroad Rozo game on Monday night. Uh, Tony Scott was actually invited. He's going up there to broadcast games, so it's going to be on Youth Hockey Hub, uh, uh, live streamed on there, so definitely tune into that game. Uh, and obviously it's going to be a matchup. One, it's going to be the oldest rivalry in, in Minnesota hockey with Warroad and Rozo. Two, Warroad's going to go in there presumably undefeated. they got to get through the spuds first. They have to battle through the spuds who are currently 217-3. and three. So, so yes, there's a 98% chance that the Worlds are going to uh, win that game. Um, Peter did say that if, if Koontz decides to skate out and HC is in the net, it's what, 96? It, it drops to 96. 96. So Las Vegas bookie can put that on there. Uh, but Rosa was, uh, they have Kay, uh, uh, Kayla Santo, who's one of their leading scorers, so it's going to come down to goaltending. I hate to say it. And that's an old coin phrase that we use in hockey. But if Rozo can slow the tide and just keep the the, the Warriors at bay, Rozo's got a chance in it. And if I do remember, last year they split. They did split. The Rams won the game at their bar barn, and Warroad won the game at the Gardens. And this time, it's at the Rozo Rams Center. That's it. I'm taking Rams. You're taking the Rams? I'm taking Rams. Home. I'm going to take Warroad. Okay, that's good. I'm taking the we worry. can't be the same. I'm not betting against undefeated. Wouldn't it be fun though. You take down your nemesis and they're undefeated. What a great way to pop great the way balloon. To conclude the regular yeah, season. Yeah, that's a great way to that's do it. That's a heck of a game. I might hide in Tony's trunk on, my way, on yep, his way up. He could there. be. Actually, he's going to fly up there on a on a secret plane. Then I'll hide in the secret plane's trunk. There might be room for like only one bag, <laughs> like a sports <laughs> bag. Tell um, me, I got to slim down, Todd. No, That's no, aggressive. I didn't say that whatsoever. Hey, we have two more games we want to chat real quick about. Um, Forest Lake is traveling to Blake, so it's going to be a, a huge, huge, game. huge matchup in that one. That is going to be basically for basically number one in the section. Can I no. say that? No, definitely not. Forest Lake. No, that's right. Forest Lake. Forest Lake in seven double A. Blake is in. Uh, but definitely, it's a good. It's a good tune up for Forest Lake as they're getting ready for sections, and if they're going to be making it to the state, obviously, if you're going to get past Blake. It's going to be a good test for them, obviously. So, in Blake's, uh, you know, the, the the bear machine. So we know that the Rangers are coming in with great, great goaltending, uh, and they have the goal scorer with uh, Gornitz. So I think it's going to be a good matchup. That one, I'm leaning toward. I want the Rangers to win. I really do. I do. But it's at Blake. I'm going to take Blake. Yeah, I'm taking Blake. I'm taking Blake. I'm even with even with their injuries. I know. What happens if LD Delandis is a net? Then I would take the Rangers. This one's a heck of a lot closer than the Warroad-Moorhead game. Maddie Weatherington's on defense. 
and she drops the puck, and she just <laughs> referees. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a close game down the road. Hey, the other one, quick. I'm sorry, I got deranged a little. That's okay. Um, Dinah versus EP. Anybody in the late conference? Sorry, Hopkins. Yeah, that's sorry you're in that rough. conference. But hey, next year you get Buffalo and you get St. Michael Alberville. You wow, be, talk about Murder's Row. Yeah, exactly. That'll be great for golf and for tennis, but <laughs> for hockey it's going to be tough. But anyway, Buffalo is actually a pretty good squad because they did upset Brainerd last week, so who knows. But anyway, uh, long story short, Edina is going to have their hands full with Sydney Lanseth as you travel to EP on Thursday, barring uh, weather conditions. Uh, and that one, I'm kind of leaning that I think the Hornets are coming hot, but the thing is when they've come to late conference games, it's been one goal games the whole time mm-hmm. and definitely has been. So I'm actually leaning to EP with the mini upset. No, I'm taking a Dinah. Taking the green machine? Yes. All right, that's all yours. You can have them. It's all yours. I can't believe you're just handing me a Dinah like that. You can take them. I don't – it's not like I don't like <laughs> them. I mean, I'm not going to say that uh, Miss Miss Hockey Candidate – CC <laughs> Miss uh, won't have a great game, but uh, she did get a goal. She get an assist in the Minnetonka game on Saturday, so it kept her streak alive. Is the every single game she's collected a point, but she gave her sister the the two goal night, so she had the player of the game. So uh, talk about player of the game. All right, let's let's move let's move uh, levels here. We're gonna bump up a couple levels from Ba-bum. girls high school to uh, professional pros, pros, professional, and uh, let's talk a little bit about um, Kendall uh, Kane Schofield's performance at the NHL All-Star Game. Well, first of all, congrats to Kendall. She Heck finishes yeah. seventh in the fastest skater competition. She replaced uh, Colorado's Nathan McKinnon, who was out with a bruised foot, allegedly. He was a and great she, coach. He did a great job on the bench. Oh, he, he does a great job pointing. Super good pointer. So, Coyne Schofield finishes seventh. I would highly recommend everybody watches that video. She can freaking motor. Oh, Motorboat. One, one minor drawback to the NHL All-Star Weekend was Brianna Decker uh, having her alleged title. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking I don't know what I'm looking for. Stripped, I guess. Stripped is because a good way. They, they found some sort of disparity between the clock starting or the clock not starting between she. Oh, good. And, I thought uh, you thought you were talking about they did some kind of testing and she she came positive on that test. Nope. For any performance enhancement. No, she finished just, uh, just behind the Oilers' Leandra Zeidel. In the uh, stick handling, passing something—I don't know. It was—it was a—it was, was an interesting controversy. Maybe that's too strong of a word, but if you look it up on Twitter, you'll find out that CCM paid her twenty-five thousand dollars after her initial win in the competition was revoked by the NHL because apparently the integrity of the All-Star Game means more than positive publicity. <laughs> no, it doesn't. On the positive side, though, Schofield, uh, I was kind of quick doing a little research and kind of a little more getting ready for the show. She's actually going to be part of tonight's NBCSN Wednesday Night Rivalry Night. Um, you, you couldn't have picked a better game uh, the, between the Lightning and the Penguins. So she will be part of the pregame show. She's going to be inside the glass with Pierre McGuire and appear during intermissions with John Forslund. And the cool thing about... Um, about her is that she, when she went to Northeastern, she actually was a communications major, and she worked as a silent reporter while she was in college. So this is kind of in her wheelhouse. So I would rather listen to Kendall than Pierre McGuire. I'd like Pierre. Sometimes it gets a little too much. I know there was a video that was out there that he was on the ice, like he's got to be in the ice to do the interviews. It's like, Pierre, I think the shtick is kind of getting a little old, buddy. <laughs> speaking, I, of, speaking of shtick. 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 Is this a great time to move into our NHL all-star feeding frenzy? Yes. Okay, so he's leading us into our three questions. 
And I think we're still thumbs up on our three questions. So let's start with question number one. Numero uno. Number uno. Peter, would you like to return the NHL format all-star game to five on five? No, but I would like to see it played on bigger ice. Mm, go Olympic. I, I don't know. There, there was, what was there, 14 goals scored? Oh in my this gosh. year's All-Star game. Dubnik looked I, like a shooting gallery. And it still was so boring. Just cuz they're they're just not trying. I I find it really hard to get up for the All-Star game. I don't think going back to 5 on 5 is the answer. I don't know what to tell the NHL, man. They pay people far more than what I make to to make these creative decisions, but I watched a few minutes of the game. I I was so busy was with this score tech up and Blaine that I didn't have a chance to watch one lick of it. Mind you, it's on the same Day is the NFL Pro Bowl, which is a joke because that's like C-Squad touch football. But um, They're both a joke, though. Whose idea was it to play it on the same day? That's I, Exactly. Think of the skills on Friday night, and then you do a Saturday night session on hockey. And then you say, hey, Pro Bowl, you can have that day all you want because nobody's going to watch it unless you got these football guys who go like, oh, my God, I need football. Where's my football? I need football. They'll watch the XFL and Johnny's <laughs> Football League and all that junk. So, anyway, this is hockey. Let's talk about her ice. Um, question number two for Peter. We are freaking cold here in the state of Minnesota as well, the entire upper Midwest. Have you ever licked a pole in the wintertime or witnessed somebody licking a pole, metal pole, the one that your mom said, do not do this? No. I went to private school. We were too smart for that stuff. You don't want to see what the flavor is? You can see it. You can taste the salt. My guess would be metallic. Mm. If you get past the frozen outside. I did put my tongue inside a freezer once mm. just to see what would happen. Would you like a piece of meat? Bacon? No, it was just like the wall of the freezer. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it like the snow built up on the inside? Yeah. Like the freezer yeah. the freezer burn? I'm an idiot. What did it taste like? Shame. Regret. <laughs> and sadness after I realized that at the, at the ripe old age of nine years old, I was sticking my tongue inside a freezer. My only experience I have, I don't have a specific experience about the pole because I never did it as a kid. I was kind of smart like that. But when I was working uh, after school, before and after school child care programs, every winter I always had to get somebody off the pole. <laughs> and it's just hot water. And you just the first thing you do is don't pull away. Nope, because then you're going to rip the... You'll rip the tongue. You'll rip the skin off the tongue because it's a muscle. So just, just hold on tight. Breathe on it. That hopefully warms up the metal. And then you come with... Warm water. Or just don't do it. And you don't do it. But every year, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Somebody always has to do it. All right. Something which is really super smart. We're going to talk about you next. But the next question, Peter, uh-huh. is outdoor rinks. We got done with Hockey Day Minnesota. We, we did. We talked about other pieces. What was Peter's favorite outdoor rink growing up? Uh, right now, it's Northdale because that's the uh, the neighborhood park, and that's where I skated a lot as a child. But the first time I ever scored a goal – against a non-goalie on a chain link uh, uh, net on the ice was at Lexington Park, and my mom has a picture of me. I'm all bundled up in a snowsuit. I think I'm like three, and I have a plastic floor hockey stick, and I'm mm. whacking a street hockey puck around. And Just ripping it. Wearing a pair of plastic like, figure skates, and I scored a goal, and I put my arms in the air, and I was I was off to the races. Jordy Howe shuffled. So that was, uh, that's my favorite one, Lexington Park. Very cool. My favorite one growing up in Austin was uh, Skinner's Hill because it was a great thing because at the bottom of the hill was where the rink was. But then to the right of the rink was the best sledding hill in town. 
Oh, nice. So it's just perfect. So the whole families would come. There was at a parking lot there. So you could go up there and skate. Or you're like, hey, there's a sledding hill right there. It was off the main drag. So Skinner's Hill had a lot of good memories for me as an outdoor rink. So. I can imagine a little Todd Houck running around Skinner's yeah, Hill. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. There's some other rinks. I, I, I wish I could remember the name of them. One of them we used to get kicked out of because we so always kind of not bully kids. But, you, <laughs> you know, well, no, not bullying, but like you're, you're fending for the smaller guys, and then the rink guy comes on, he's yelling at you. So – you know, we always get those, what, 20 on 19 games, you know, because everybody's got to oh, play. Gosh. And then you get different sizes. That's and sure terrible. enough, there were some guys that were kind of skating around, always picking the little guys, always pushing around, always shoving. The, me and a couple of buddies were like, this is bull crap. Would you leave him alone? He's like, oh, if he's does good enough play, he should get off the ice. So like, he's like six, seven years old. So then we started pushing this big guy around. And then, of course, the rink guy comes out. He's like, hey, you guys, get out of here. You're going to push guys around. I'm like, you didn't see what he was doing before. So guess who got caught? The second guy. But it's always the second I felt guy, b- better about because the kid was protected, and he was you know, half our age, and so we didn't care. Like, fine, we'll go another rink. So. There is always that kid, though, when you're at the pond. There's always that one who wants to prove he's tougher than the other children. Oh, yeah. Mighty Ducks. Mighty Great Ducks. example of that one. Holy mackerel. All right, well, hey, speaking of Mighty and, and, and did mackerels. We, and did we mention that, that – um, that Peter was in the Bahamas? Did we mention that at all? Dude, I think we mentioned it like back six in, times. Back in the USS. I should have played that back in, in the USA. the USSR. No, not quite. So, hey, I'd like to thank Peter for actually getting back to the United States and for his inquisitive uh, insight and his analysis and his, his, his feelings. He shout out it. Bahamas Air and Silver Airways. <laughs> for getting him home safe. Keep me home. Yeah, their, uh, their hockey team does really well this year <laughs> in the sand league. Uh, but this is Todd Houck. I'd like to thank all of you for listening to Her Ice because... It's not his ice. So, hey, take care of yourselves. Bundle up. Be safe out there. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time. Used to keep it cool. Used to be a fool. All about the bouncing master. Watch it on the news. What you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool.